Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. By this time tomorrow, the first NFL Sunday of the season will be well underway. As we get you ready for, like you need help getting ready for the first Sunday of the year and for the 49ers and the Bears. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason here, John Dickinson joining us from Chicago where it looks like, okay, he probably is not going to go to both the 49ers game and the Giants game against the Cubs tomorrow. But it's possible. It's still a possibility. Uh, J.D., such an exciting matchup for tomorrow. But we just need to take just a moment. Um, to go back and look this week at <laughs> what I think Bonte dubbed Captain's Gate. And one of the reasons I want to do it is because, A, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people have made too much of it. But, B, I really, as I said uh, when we did the crossover this week, I really appreciated your view because it's easy to say that's nothing. Michael Irvin, I, I was in for Damon uh, this week. We talked to Michael Irvin. He said it's meaningless. But I appreciated your view that, A, first of all, you were surprised um, that that he wasn't a captain. And I do think it, it's clear here that Kyle Shanahan has something in mind, even if it's just as simple as he's got to earn it. It's There's there's some significance to who the captains are and the fact that Trey, at least right now, is not one of them. It stunned me that, that he wasn't one of the six or seven. Don't want to have eight, so we only had six, which I think was a point that you yes, brought up yes. as far as the way Kyle Shanahan tried to explain it. But I do think there was something to the fact that, that he wanted Trey to maybe be a little bit upset about it or maybe think that there is a, a standard that he has yet to live up to. Not that he's not that it's been bad anything he's done or hasn't done but but a level that he wants you know a carrot that he wants to dangle or or whatever i mean to me it's as simple as you had seven last year trey was seventh forget about debo who was eighth who cares just have seven and have him be uh, one one of the guys because he's the most important player i think on the 49er roster this season he is going to determine like yeah uh, the nick bosa might be a defensive player of the year they've got all the debo was amazing last year the 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 player that is going to determine the 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 level of success that the 49ers have above any other player on the roster is trey lance and and for the, the 49ers the rest of the team to to not have him i don't know to not have him front of mind yeah. when it comes to being a captain as the starting quarterback. It did it does it mean he's not gonna play as well or be less confident? I don't know. Probably not. Actually definitely not. But it just it really did stun me. It really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think it indicates that uh Kyle recognizes an opportunity at some point uh, if Trey Lance plays well enough where they can deem him a captain. And I think you can do that because some teams change their captains every week. Um, then, you know, maybe they, that's a little, here you go, a little a laurel wreath for him at some point. Look, it's a reward. He sees an opportunity here to reward him for his good play. So we'll see. I'm with you, though. Yeah, does it matter in the uh, big picture? Probably not. But it was a curiosity that should be discussed, and we've discussed it now, and we'll keep an eye on it because I do think that it will change. How well do you think Trey has to play for this team to get close to where they need to get this year? And is it really more about the other units carrying him, at least early in the year? 
I don't know about carrying, but I, I think taking the pressure off is probably a, a way to put it. I mean, I they're going to – for them to get ultimately where they want to be, which is back in the NFC Championship game or getting to a Super Bowl, he's going to have to be good. It, it can't just be pa- – like passable, I think – can get him to 10 wins and the playoffs, but passable's not getting him to to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, passable, but yet slightly more more explosive, let's say, than than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think if the Niners are going to reach that ultimate goal, Whitey, I don't know how you feel about it, but, but to me, he's we're, we're going to look back if they're making a legitimate run in the playoffs, a deep run in the playoffs, and, and we're going to say Trey Lance is... Pretty, he's had a pretty damn good year. Like, he, yeah. to me, he will have to have had a pretty damn good year to be able to to lead them on that path. I, what I'll be watching most closely um, is not so much the big plays. They're going to be exciting when they come, and I think we can all assume they're going to come at some point. We may see one or maybe even two tomorrow. He's capable of the big plays, the big throws, and the runs, but uh, making those uh, impactful runs. The conversions on third down are what I'll be watching. If he can convert on third down at a decent to good rate, then I think there's no question he's going to be the guy going forward. It's not easy. Jimmy, and I think we may have talked about this uh, earlier, Jimmy, when he was playing well, was really good on third down. And at times he was hurt and over the whole course of his 49er career, maybe not. But there were times, 2019, when the team was playing well and he was healthy, he was really good on third down. So that's one of the keys I'll be looking at in evaluating Trey Lance. And how is he coming along as a quarterback? Can he keep the offense on the field? And to do that, I think he's got to be accurate in the short game, J.D. He is going to have to, you know, third and six. Yeah. And Kittle's open over the middle. You can't throw it behind him incomplete, and it's time to punt. And and I think those are the, the plays. And the, the simplest way to put it for me is Trey Lance is far more dynamic on paper than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Deep balls, ability to in the running game to do things, move the pocket, whatever whatever you want to say, escapability, all of those things. There, there, are, there are dynamic ways where Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo and just physically can do things and will be able to do things that Garoppolo cannot do. The flip side, though, is the things that Trey Lance has not done well when we've watched him at practice and at times in games have been the things that Jimmy Garoppolo does do well. The, the, the short stuff over the middle, the third down conversions, keeping the chains moving. I, I said it earlier this week. Some people crushed me for it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has been a clutch quarterback for the 49ers in his career. I know people are thinking, wait a minute, he didn't hit the ball in the Super Bowl. And what happened in the Rams game, uh, in the NFC Championship game? Look, I didn't say he's been clutch all the time, but he has had many clutch big-time performances and moments that have led the 49ers to, to some wins. Does Trey Lance have that trait? Does Trey Lance need to have that trait? Maybe he's so good that he doesn't have to be clutch, at least initially, and and the rest of this team is so good. Those are going to be some of the things that I keep an eye on. The strengths of Trey Lance are the weaknesses of Jimmy Garoppolo, but the weaknesses uh, of of, uh, Trey Lance are also the strengths of Jimmy Garoppolo. The point you made about Jimmy, and I'm with you on that, he's been clutch, but it, again, speaks to the very heart of the whole Jimmy issue because it's just with him, it's hard to say... Uh, white or black. Because, yeah, you say he's been clutch, and he has been, but then people can point out, well, but there have been times when he's not, and it's been bad. And that's the whole thing with him. Um, He's good until he's not, and then he's been really bad. And that's one of the big reasons why Kyle Shanahan has made the decision that, all right, he's not the guy. I think you're right. And we've talked about this, and 49er fans know this. Um, There are going to be things about Jimmy that they're going to miss. Um, that doesn't mean that Trey's not going to be better, perhaps as soon as this year. But Jimmy wasn't terrible. The whole notion that he's awful—that was that was science fiction. You being there at practice and seeing the workouts, isn't it fair to say that to this point, that Trey Lance still has issues with his accuracy? Yes, w- without and a that's doubt. Huge. And that's huge, right? That's huge. Well, that—that's the. If you said JD, what's the what's his biggest weakness? His biggest weakness is accuracy. I mean, that. I mean, you're, you're a starting quarterback in the NFL. Your biggest weakness is accuracy. I know you're young and you're inexperienced, and the belief is you're going to still make enough plays for that not to matter, and you're going to improve. I mean, look at Josh Allen. I, I know that's the extreme yeah. example, and, and maybe maybe we shouldn't say it, but look at Josh freaking Allen on, on Thursday night and last year. You know, that's been, the I think, most 
used comp to Trey Lance because Allen did have accuracy issues that he was able to fix early in in his career. It's not going to be all rosy necessarily early. Can he get better? Yes. But if your number one issue as a starting quarterback in the NFL, a franchise player, is accuracy, that's something you're going to have to figure out in your career, Whitey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't it Jalen Ramsey a few years ago who said he was trash? It was Jalen Ramsey, right? About Josh Allen. He's trash because he was so inaccurate. Man, that guy's become a good football player. So, yeah, there's your comp. What can Trey become if he become anything close to Josh Allen? 49ers there, obviously be thrilled yeah. with that. Yeah. If he can become anything close to Josh Allen in the next two years, let's say, they're probably winning a Super Bowl. I (laughs) mean, they got a great shot to win a Super Bowl. Speaking of the point, yep, the 49er offense, we, we touched on this earlier. It's really interesting to me that a few years ago, you know, this this offense, the wide zone offense, McVay, Shanahan offense was really in vogue. And it seemed like I know I made fun of this. Uh, anybody who had any link to them and that offense at all, they got hired as a head coach. Right. Matt LaFleur. OK, you're a head coach. Zach Taylor. Hey, will you be a head coach? Because you had coffee with 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 uh, McVay once. But look at where we are with that offense now. Um, the Rams, of course, have won a Super Bowl. The 49ers have had success. Three of the last four teams last year standing, including the two Super Bowl teams, run it. Um, and now you got, of course, uh, the Dolphins are running it. The Bears are running it. Packers run it, as I said. Uh, Seattle is running it. It's really been an amazing trend. And it's really going to be interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan, who's kind of at the forefront of this. Well, two things. One, it's cutting-edge offense, but so much of it is just run the ball down your throat, which is old school. And then, two, seeing how Kyle Shanahan still does it a little differently than other people with the pre-snap motion. And now, to see this mad scientist, if you will, and he's got Trey Lance to work with, this could be a really, really exciting offensive season for 49er fans. It, it really could. And and I think how he implements the running game, and you look at the, the running backs, Whitey, that were, that were kept... Uh, on this roster, Trey Sermon, they they ship him out. I'm I'm fascinated to see between Elijah Mitchell, who's RB one going into this thing. You know what? How do they use Jeff Wilson? How do they use Ty Davis Price? Is is Jordan Mason a factor immediately? Even though they kept him, and are all those guys going to be active tomorrow? I mean, probably either Mason or Ty Davis Price. One of those guys would would figure to not be active in in the game tomorrow. You'd, you'd have three up plus use check uh, for for game day. So so how does Kyle Shanahan shake that out? And is there something that he sees? in one or a couple of those backs that changes the dynamic with Trey Lance now at, at quarterback. And the thing that I keep coming back to, and, and, and I didn't anticipate this, Whitey. I, I know I'm saying it over and over. I really thought that the Niners were not going to use a lot of the zone read game or, or, or RPO stuff. And I, I, think, I think there's going to be more of that I think there's going to be more of the zone read that I would have anticipated to get Trey comfortable to pick off those easy yards, but also as the potential for a new wrinkle in the running game. Yeah, based on what Kyle Shannon has been saying publicly, I think he wants other teams to have it in their mind. We can do this. And then because he knows if they if they're geared up for that, that's one other thing that they're not going to be focused on. It's just going to create opportunities. And if they're not respecting um, the uh, the read option, then they're gonna they're gonna riddle teams because of that. So it just gives them that uh, another dimension. Not only gives them another dimension, but another thing that defenses have to be prepared for. And all of a sudden, you're stretching the defense out so wide. Uh, there's too many things that, that they have to cover at one time. Um, let's go to the phones here. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy Comcast Business Text Line. Filmo Mike is back with us on ninety five seven Game. Filmo, what's up, Mikey? Hey, what's up, Michael? Tyler, Whitey, Gleason, and JD. Hey, is it just me, y'all, or is the Rams super soft, man? I mean, I know it's only one game, but their their finesse is not. I don't know. It's something about the Rams that is is is, is they're good. They got the players. Jalen Ramsey's overrated. I mean, I don't know what, what he. I don't know what he got into. I don't know. He need to cut his hair or something. But he, he, they're just soft. They just be getting punked. I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, do they like put fear in your heart, JD? Why do you tell me? 
Uh, I think, J.D., to me, what Filmo's talking about there has to do with the fact that the offensive line, which is the engine for so much they get going offensively, not a very good offensive line right now. No doubt, and and without Whitworth now, yeah. uh, that's that that's a he was a huge part of of everything that they were about. I mean, we've seen the Niners though in the past make them look soft it, uh, it, in the McVay era. I mean, that's yeah. I think a big part of why the Forty ers had the the success that they had up until that NFC Championship game, and McVay had had over Shanahan is because the Niners had been the more physical team in in a lot of those games, especially some of the games down in, in Southern California. I, mean, I remember the game where uh, the Niners were 5-0. and They went into the, the L.A. Coliseum before SoFi was built, and that was the big first true test. The Rams were coming off a Super Bowl. Rams went down, ran it down their throat uh, in the first uh, yeah. seven plays. They ran every play and had a, an 80-yard touchdown drive, and, the, and then the Niners turned the faucet off. The, the, I mean, the Rams couldn't even move the ball the, the rest of, of of the game, and they just, by the end of it, were bludgeoning them. And so uh, I, we've seen that uh, in, in different stretches, the Niners just out-physicaling them. And, and that was that was a big part, I thought. And Shanahan, you know, for all the finesse and the, the scheme and all this stuff, Shanahan, he wants to impose his team's will physically on the opponent. And that, that became as big a part of the Niners' identity in 2021 as anything once they got it going in those final nine games plus the playoffs. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it in the terms that Filmo Mike had, but I, I think he's right. I was watching the Rams and Bills again last night. Uh, Note boom, who, and actually he got hurt in the game, so we have to keep that in mind. I think he sprained uh, his knee. But he had he had some nice blocks, but on the bull rush, he just got overwhelmed uh, a time or two. And then what's the deal with Cam Akers, who should be one of those guys, right, J.D., who is imposing uh, the will on uh, the other team's rushing defense the way the 49ers like to. And right now you got Cam Akers. We're not sure is he hurt. And you got McVay talking about how he's got to take advantage of his opportunities. And Akers says, I'll be ready when the time comes. So they got issues like that right now that are making it difficult for them to get off to the type of start they want to get to. Opportunity for the 49ers. Opportunity for the 49ers to, to play this thing out from a position of advantage. I, I think that's the, you know, get to want to know, feel good about yourself and, and just you know, looking around at, at everything that, that's going on. I mean, you got... The Niners, I think, with a big time, big time shot to get you know to to play from the lead. They it never felt like they were playing from the lead, just as far as their their season goes. And you look at the division. I mean, Seattle's playing the Broncos. Russell Wilson's coming back uh, on Monday night in his very first game, right back up there in Seattle. I, I like the Broncos in that game in a, in a big time way. And Kansas City is playing Arizona, and and so I mean they're. There's a potential for the Niners to be the only team with a win in the NFC West, a legitimate position to be the only team to win in the NFC West for Week One. So that that I think that I think is I mean go get it if mm-hmm. you're the Niners. Yeah, I still can't take Arizona seriously. I know they were a playoff team last year. They're going to miss Hopkins early, and I don't know if all if there's going to be any fallout from Studygate that's going to impact Kyler at all, but the way they collapse every year, I think it's more than coincidence, and I'm just not convinced that that team um, uh, stem to stern is a, is a legitimate team that the 49ers going to have to worry about uh, maybe early in the year that you know they have their moments, but without Hopkins, I, I can't take well, them seriously as a threat in the division. The, the problem is, Whitey, is you still have to worry about them head-to-head. Even if you don't have to worry about yeah, them finishing ahead true. of you, yeah. you still have to worry about them head-to-head because Kyler's been a terror on, on the 49ers, and, and they've They've given them problems. And yes, even they have. last year, running back through the division, they handed it to the to the Niners a, a couple of they times, did. really. And you know the Trey Lance game, which was low scoring, the Niners ran it. But then the game with Colt McCoy at at Levi's the week after that Bears game to to send him to to three and five. And you go back to 2020 in the opener, and the Niners lost with with no fans at Levi's to the to Josh the Rosen beat Car- the 49ers as a starter for the Cardinals, right? Even Josh Rosen beat the Niners. Yeah, I mean they've only beat the the 49ers have only beaten the Cardinals three times going back to 
the beginning of 2015. Now, look, that's the Niners had some bad teams, but but since since the end of the Harbaugh era and Harbaugh's last game was against the Cardinals in 2014, the Niners didn't beat Arizona at all in 15, 16, 17, or 18. They were 0 and uh, 0 and 8 in, in those four seasons against the Cardinals. Beat them twice in 2019, and then have lost three of the last four the last two years uh, to, to Arizona. But but they've been, yeah, yeah you, right. you may think, hey, the Niners are going to be a better team. But look at the Niners even in the division last year. Lost to Seattle twice. Uh, they, they wound up losing to, uh, they beat the Rams twice, mm-hmm. but they wound up losing to Arizona twice, lost to Seattle twice. Two and four in the division. That's That's got to be better, and I think it should be better this year. Just based on the Niners beating Seattle a couple of times. That's a great point. At least the 49ers will have essentially two home games against Arizona this year because they play them at Levi's, then they play the Cardinals in Mexico City. And I know the 49ers are expecting they'll have a lot of fans in Mexico City for that game. So the game that would be in Glendale is going to be in Mexico City. As for tomorrow's game, J.D., We've been talking about the offense that the 49ers run and so many teams run, including the Bears, um, this year. And we know that the 49ers want to dominate up front defensively. We know the Bears are probably banking on some turnovers. But I think both teams, because of the offenses they run, both teams are going to try to be establishing the run. For all the focus on Trey and what's going to do, 49ers want to run it down their throats. And the Bears want to do that as well. And... They actually may have a, a decent running game, but I think that's going to be interesting. Both teams will be trying to impose their will on the other team in the same fashion tomorrow, at least early on. No doubt, and that's where it, it comes down to who's better at it, who's the more talented team, who gets an early turnover, that kind of thing. And I think all of those areas, you'd, you'd give the Niners. I think the Niners are going to force a lot of turnovers this year. That That's one don't be surprised if for me. I, I think their ability to get after the quarterback, I think there's going to be a lot of strip sacks, and I think the improved secondary play from Charvarius Ward coming over, and I know they still got to get Jimmy Ward back, but but Charvarius Ward now in the mix coming over from from Kansas City, and Womack was a was a turnover, uh, you know, factory. The ball was finding him in the preseason, but all of the ability to get to the quarterback and and strip sacks and and forcing passers to throw it when they don't want to throw it. Balls are going to be up for grabs. I think the Niners are going to be a real good turnover team in terms of the defense and forcing turnovers at a greater rate than they have at any point in the Shanahan era. That's a that's a big time. I really believe in that strongly for this season. Yeah, as we said earlier, one of the keys for the Bears, if they were to compete in this game, they're going to need turnovers. And another one, I think they're going to need David Montgomery to have a really big game. And he's excited about their new offense. But given the questions along the offensive line, um, that could be a tall order for the Bears. I'm still feeling pretty good, J.D., about the 49ers and giving the points, but I know with sloppy conditions, hmm, um, fingers crossed on that one. All right, coming up next, tell you why a Jimmy G trade would be a very, very bad thing for the 49ers, not for the reasons you might think. Why trading Jimmy G, in my opinion, would be really bad for the Niners next year. That's coming up next. 888-957-9570. Comcast Business text line. You want to shoot us a text. You want to share your thoughts over the phone. We appreciate it. It's Whitey and JD on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. If the 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo this year, it would be very bad. Tell you why in just a moment here. It's Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson. JD's in Chicago getting ready for the 49ers and the Bears. Before we get to any of that, JD, I know you and Mark Willard were looking at the the betting line, uh, the over-unders for this game tomorrow. Some And there's... a. Well, some some curious uh, aspects to the to the line and then the over under tomorrow, JD. I guess a lot of the weather has a lot to do with the over under, right? Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking because the the total is forty and a half, which wow. is the lowest total on the board by a, a pretty significant margin. Looks like Browns and Panthers are, are down to to forty two now. But, yeah, just looking around, I mean, a lot of 40, you know, 44, 45, 50, 52, 53 hit some of these games where the offenses are, are supposed to be, uh, you know, high flying. But, yeah, 40 and a half. But then hmm. the Niners, and, and this line has moved a little bit. I know the Niners have been at seven. I'm, I'm seeing the 49ers minus six and a half. So still basically a touchdown. I like six and a half a lot more than I like seven, if I can get yeah. it at, yeah. at, at six and a half. Obvious point there. But I think what's telling is they don't think the Bears are going to score a lot, obviously, because they think the Niners are going to win by a touchdown. Uh, and and but there aren't going to be a lot of you know, point to. They're, they're thinking this is a a, a Niner a win, but the Bears not being able to score a lot. And I also think it's it's two young quarterbacks and the weather component having the potential to to skew this thing. I'm not even saying I like the over necessarily, Whitey. I kind of like the under, especially with the elements. And I know we mentioned this off the top of the show. Potential for heavy rainfall tomorrow, high of 69. Winds 10 to 20 miles an hour. Chance of rain 90%. And uh, rainfall, according to weather.com, Whitey, could be near half an inch in Chicago. Yeah, I could see the 49ers getting out to an early lead and then run, 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 and winning, you know, 27-10, 27-13, something like that. So I'm with you. Um, I take the Niners. I give the points, but I'm also with you on the on the under tomorrow. Are there any other games, J.D.? And I know you're going to be busy covering the game, but and there's a lot of interesting matchups. Other than 49ers-Bears, is there one in particular, perhaps, that you're going to be most interested in, whether you'll have the opportunity to watch it or not? Yeah, I, I mean, I am interested in in Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. That's maybe not the best game, but I do I do like that storyline. Uh, on Monday night, that's going to be the final game of 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 Week One. I think Buccaneers Cowboys is really good. What's going on with Tom Brady? Like, is he going to be ready to mm. roll and 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 ready to get off to the start that? that we all expect him to, and there's some personal things yeah. going on. I think there's some games that have the potential to be shootouts. Uh, that, that I mean, Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers, uh, there could be a lot of points scored, I think, in, in, in both uh, of those games. And then the Browns and the Panthers with Mayfield going up against Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I think that has the potential to be a lot of fun. It's a pretty good slate. Pretty good slate. Steelers and Bengals, likely a bloodbath. And uh, I know even the Eagles and Lions, why you not to run through every single game, <laughs> although maybe we do that at some point. Uh, I, I'm ready to see uh, the one hype train that I am not believing in is the Detroit Lion hype train with the meathead Dan Campbell as the head coach that everybody loves. Everybody <laughs> loves because he's such a great quote and so much fun and and, and all of that. Uh, but I, I think they are 
I think they are frauds. Everybody uh, that I've been on the air with, so you've probably heard this, I've been asking everybody for help on this because every year I try to figure out who the surprise team or teams are going to be in just about any sport. And last year I was on the Bengals early. I Honestly, I can't say that before the season started, I was all in on them. I was keeping an eye on them, but when they got off to a quick start, I thought, wow, keep an eye on this team. This year, I don't know, J.D., I don't I there's no team that really leaps out to me as a team that's going to overperform but you mentioned the Panthers and a lot of people who know what they're talking about look at that team as talented as they are now with a guy who's been you know a decent quarterback a lot of people think Carolina is a surprise team this year I'm not sure I can go there all the way yet that's about the best team I have though how about you any idea who uh, who, who's going to surprise the football world this year yeah, I'm 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 not really with you on on uh, on Carolina or people that are in on Carolina. I know I, I think that's a, a I think the NFC finds it itself to be more worthy of of those teams just because it's wide open. the AFC is yeah. so deep. Yeah, I I wonder if the Vikings are better than expected, and and I don't. Is it fair to call them a surprise after they were so disappointing and and Mike Zimmer no longer there? Last year, the, the the way that they flamed out, I, I wonder if the Vikings could be a team primed to get back on track and be a solid nine or a ten win team again. Now, would that be a surprise? Did that would that qualify? I don't mind? know. I'm I'm with you on them. Perhaps so. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I always think of the Vikings as being kind of a perennial contender. You're probably right, though. And whether you are or not, I agree with you. And I think that's another team. I believe they're also going with the wide zone now. And I know Michael Irvin says Kirk Cousins is going to be the MVP this year. So a lot of people are expecting big things uh, from the Vikings. I'm with you on that one, J.D. Yeah, I, I would bet the Vikings over, say, the Lions or the Panthers um, among some of these teams that, that have popped up. I also wonder about the Commanders. I wonder if the Commanders, I think there, there could be some potential for them to be better than expected. Although that division, I mean, I... Yeah. Eagles, baby. What do you think of the Eagles? What do you think of the Eagles? I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to win the division. I like okay. where I think they're going to have a good year. Um, the Commanders, you know, with Wentz after what Wentz the way he collapsed last year when the Colts all they needed to do was beat the Jags. It's like he was so bad. Yeah, he was so bad. Yeah, that was like. And Nick- now they're playing the Jags right off the top. It's like it, <laughs> Carson Wentz having nightmares about playing the Jags. At least that game's in in uh, uh, in Washington. Yeah, right, uh, Virginia. Are you uh, are you used to saying Commanders yet? Because I'm still um. You know, I'm struggling with Guardians, and, and I understand it. I have no problem with it. It's just hard to get into that mind, uh, frame of mind. Where, oh, yeah, it's the, the Cleveland Guardians are playing the Twins and the Washington Commanders. I'm working on it, though. Yeah, I think I've got that one down. Good. I think by by Christmas Eve, when the Commanders come in to Levi's, <laughs> I'll have it. I'll have it fully down and get it right. JD Stickler for accuracy. Landover, Maryland. Landover, Maryland. It's not DC nor Virginia. It's Landover, Maryland. Gotcha. FedEx Field and the Commanders. Uh, how about the Saints? I'm not necessarily uh, all in on Coach Allen. You know, but I know a lot of people are saying well, Jameis is primed and they've got the talent. Uh, they, you know, they still have issues with Kamara and, and, and Thomas, a wide receiver. So I'm not big on the Saints this year, but I know some people are looking at that team as, woo, surprise team, the Saints this year. I'm not. J.D., how about you? They've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, and I think if Sean Payton was still coaching them, I would pick them to be a playoff lock. Wow, a but, lock. Mm-hmm. If Sean Payton was still coaching him, I, Sean Payton is no longer coaching no. him, and we'll, and we'll see at what point he winds up being the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, probably 2023, <laughs> as as he sits out this year. But I, I think the same. It's the Dennis Allen factor for me. Yeah. I just feel like a Dennis Allen had. I, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from from the Raider uh, times, and and maybe that's unfair. And and it is now what a decade later as he gets his second opportunity from the first one, going back to to 2012 and Reggie McKenzie and everything that was in flux in that first full season after Al Davis had, had passed away. But I was just so underwhelmed with Dennis Allen that I feel like any team coached by him, and I need to be proven wrong on this, is going to 
underwhelm compared to where they should be. And so that that's where I can't quite give it to the Saints as much as it looked like even Jameis Winston was on the right track with with Sean Payton until he got hurt last year. They were going to be a playoff team, and, and, and in hindsight, really, I know it was them and the Niners down to the last yeah, day of the year, and the right. Niners wound up winning. If Jameis Winston hadn't gotten hurt, I think the Niners would have ended up missing the playoffs because the Saints would have ended up getting that spot. They really fell on hard times once he went down, and it it was one of the many things that allowed the 49ers to have a have a second chance. Well, there's one game that you haven't mentioned that is one of the games that I'll be watching closely, and this is a team I don't... You know, they've been so close to the playoffs the last couple of years. I don't know if they're a surprise team, but I'm really interested to see what Mike McDaniel does in Miami. So Miami, Mike McDaniel's first game, they got mostered, and they'll be running again, you know, the wide zone against the Patriots, a Patriot team that people are looking at in the preseason going, oh, my goodness, their offense is horrible. Belichick historically has a, has a knack for shutting down that type of offense. So that's a game. There's a lot at stake there. Is uh, New England anything close? to a playoff team again with Patricia running their offense. Do they have a clue offensively? Um, Mostert in Miami and Mike McDaniel and Tua. Are they going to have success with that kind of offense? That's a game that really captivates me. The Dolphins against the Patriots tomorrow, J.D. That's another good one. And there, I mean, there really are storylines everywhere. The league did a nice job of, of putting the... Even if it's Joe Flacco going up against the Ravens, right? How funny is that? I mean, yeah. The, yeah, <laughs> a decade a decade later, here's Joe Flacco still still in the league, and uh, after the, their Super Bowl run of a decade ago, there are there are some pretty cool storylines. Yeah, the Dolphins are an intriguing team uh, to me. Does, does Mike McDaniel get them to a level that they hadn't quite been able to attain? And could the Patriots actually be awful? Yeah, and it, could they actually be awful? Because in the preseason, they showed some signs that that they might not be great and yeah i don't know what's going on with matt patricia uh running the offense and calling the plays and that that's just that that feels like uh a, a kind of a jump the shark moment for for bill belichick like, what is he doing like uh-huh. it just it it just doesn't make a lot of sense uh but and, and you know mac jones is forever going to be tied to trey lance and how does he play? Got them to the playoffs last year. Does he get significantly better or regress in the system with with Patricia there calling the play? So yeah, that I can't find a game, Whitey, that doesn't have an intriguing an intriguing storyline. I'll tell you this: as far as storylines go, one that to me is just it's a nothing burger. Love your thoughts. Uh, the whole aspect of Fields against Trey Lance. I know that you know Mooney this week came out and said, "Oh, he's aware of it." Have you talked to him about it? No, but I know he's aware of playing against Trey Lance. To me, it's a nothing burger because of the fact, as Kyle Matson pointed out on the air here, 49ers already beat Justin Fields. So I mean, and maybe he cares. And I know some guys like Clay Thompson. Every time he plays Sacramento, he has a little something, something for him because he remembers that they passed on him. But the 49ers already beat him last year, and so the whole Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. I mean, both of them have their own problems without worrying about the other guy. So to me, that's just not one of the more interesting storylines to this game. I, I got to be honest with you, Whitey. I I'm kind of with you. But I also think that's probably why the that game was scheduled week one. Hmm. Like I think when the when the schedule makers went through and, and we've gone through whether it's Russell Wilson playing at Seattle right off the jump, you've got Baker Mayfield as we talked about uh, playing against the the Browns right, right off the top. I, I think a big part of why the Niners are playing the Bears week one is the young quarterback matchup now with Trey Lance at the helm and, and going up against Fields. And yeah, the Niners beat Fields, but they beat Fields with Garoppolo yeah. last year at Soldier Field. And, and Fields was in and out, only started 10 games a year ago. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it does hit a little different when you're Justin Fields and you are I know they don't go head to head against each other, but when, when the matchup, when the, when the two pictures on the marquee are those two, I I I do think, and now you're the 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 full time starter. Both of them. This is their first you know, opening day starts for for the both for the both of them. 
I feel like there probably is a little bit more to it, and I'll go as far, Whitey, as to say I think that's why that game hmm. was scheduled when it was, uh, because the league took a look at it and thought, oh, we got Lance, we got Fields, two young quarterbacks, two big markets going at it in the early window. I, I, I think I think the NFL kind of salivated at that, Whitey. I really do. All right. Yeah, if there's any juice, if Justin Fields has any juice uh, as far as that goes, that's fine. I you know I make the game a little more juicy. I have a hard time imagining it, but maybe you're right, and it all depends on how he feels about it. And if it's a thing for him, then it's a thing. Um, I just think it's you know it's hard for me to get excited about, given the fact that uh, you know the Forty Nine ers stole his lunch money last year. But you're right, that wasn't against Trey Lance. I know that a lot of people think that Trey Lance is going to win the job or just you know secure the job. He's already won the job, and that Jimmy may get traded. To me, I I can't imagine that JD unless something really bad happens. Here's why, in my opinion, given that um, you've got Trey Lance and they're going to probably run um, some some read option stuff, he could get hurt. I know someone on the text line says actually most injuries occur in the pocket. Okay, here's the thing: if you want to uh, win a Super Bowl, it would behoove you to have a really good backup. Um, and I love Brock Purdy, but he's never played. So I think the 49ers are going to hang on to Jimmy because they just, just as an insurance policy, if they're serious about winning a Super Bowl, just think if Trey were to get hurt, man, to have Jimmy there late in the year, quarterback got hurt. Oh no, that could ruin your season. If Jimmy's there, you still have a shot at it. I can't imagine that anyone is going to overwhelm the 49ers with an offer um, before the deadline. That could happen. But to me, the only circumstances under which the 49ers trade Jimmy is if they get off to a horrible start everything goes wrong and at the deadline they figure well we might as well get something for jimmy because it's all about next year anyway so that's why to me if you trade jimmy it means things aren't going well but if they get off to a horrible start and and correct me if i'm wrong here then he's going to be he's going to be in and playing for the 49ers at that point because he's going to try to salvage it. So I, I, I think he's he's less likely to get traded if they if they get off to a horrible start because they would go to him as as the emergency. Hey, try to try to save our season and let's see if we can win nine or ten games and sneak into the playoffs one more time. Type of a guy. I think the only way he gets traded is if Trey Lance is awesome. <laughs> And another team has an injury at quarterback, probably in the AFC, to where he has an opportunity at the deadline or maybe before the deadline to go somewhere and start. And the Niners can, at that point, maybe get a pick that they didn't think they were going to get, second or third round pick. And he'd have the ability to, to make more money. I think that's where the whole do right by Jimmy thing does come back into play. I think there would be some pressure if Garoppolo wanted it, and and that's a big if. He has the no trade clause, so he can dictate those terms. But if Garoppolo went to them and said, hey, uh, I can go here, and it's an AFC team, and I can make $12 million instead of six. And I got an opportunity to start right away. This really will help me in the future. This falls under the category of do right by me. Uh, make it happen. You're in good hands. Trey Lance is awesome. Uh, and, you know, at that point, the only risk would be, well, what if he gets hurt? And that's something that the Niners obviously would have to weigh. Yeah. And so that's to me, the whole do right by Jimmy, to me, that ship has sailed. I mean, that was a nice concept. And I think they kind of tried. But if they're trying to win a Super Bowl, I, I think they hang on to him. I understand your point, And maybe you're right, especially sure. if somebody is willing to give the 49ers, as you said, using your language, a pick they didn't expect they'd get. But as far as Jimmy saving the season, I'm talking about, to me, if they were going to trade him, it would mean the season would be beyond uh, saving, you know, if they, like, lost every game. That's why, to me, if so you're going to... Yeah. But he would have to be playing, right? In that scenario, it would it, it wouldn't just be Trey plays the first six games in their own six. Because I and I don't again I don't know where you are on this, but if they if they were if they're zero and two with Trey Lance, then like Trey Lance ain't gonna be the starting quarterback given the schedule that they had. Like to me, like it's never gonna get to the point in my mind where they're bad and Trey is bad. And they don't go to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, if he's really that bad, they're going to Garoppolo. Now, maybe they go to Garoppolo three three weeks in, and Garoppolo loses three or four games, and now you are one and seven. And like you say, you know, catastrophe, by which I don't think is even fathomable. Like, I don't think there's really any chance they're they're that you bad. Think so. No, you wouldn't think so. 
but but in that scenario though, wouldn't Jimmy have to at least be playing at that point? Because like I just don't see. I just I guess what I'm getting at, and I know others disagree with me. I don't see the scenario, Whitey, where Trey Lance isn't playing well and they're not winning, and they just keep handing him the ball every week because he's got to develop. Like, you're going to number 10 at that point. You're going to him probably sooner than later. Well, it depends if they're 0-2 and he hasn't played well, but it really, you know, there's other extenuating circumstances. I, I think mean, they I think they owe it, you know, not so much owe it to him, but you almost owe it to yourself to stay with that. Depends on how bad he is. If he's like, and I hate to go here, but we all saw it. If he's Nick Mullins against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football bad, then yeah, you guys like, okay, well, two games in, we've seen enough. But otherwise, if it's going to have any chance to work this year, I think you got to try you got to try to at least give him a quarter of the season. And I understand your point, and you're right. Look, you can't just give away three or four games and still expect to have the type of season you're having. But if he's struggling, but there's still signs of growth, I think you have to try to at least give him four games for, for everyone's sake. Otherwise, why are you even doing it? Well, but at that point, it's it's... You just better like to me at that point. Like, I'll, if you're zero and two, and he's given the schedule, to me there is no benefit. Like, if they're zero and two and they don't beat the Bears and they don't beat Seattle at home and Trey Lance, like to me Jimmy Garoppolo's starting against the Broncos at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just because you have to save your season right then and right there, and you know, tougher upon like like you just I don't think you can let it get to the point where it goes off the rails to that level. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and it's so hard to know because, well, why did they lose? What happens? But I I see your point. By the way, did you see that Jimmy, according to the injury reports, now he's clear for this game, but he's been listed, um, you you probably get this list every day. He's been injured injured in practice. I mean, he's been on the injury list at practice with a right shoulder injury. And Kyle Shanahan has said, "Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about it." Um, so, and maybe he doesn't. But it's he must still be getting treatment for his shoulder, right? If he's on the injury list, I, I think so. I know Shanahan was asked if I think one of the first questions of the week uh, is is Jimmy in line to be the two, and I think Shanahan gave a very very short yep like yes like you'll be it's gotta <laughs> so be at, right at it's gotta point, be yeah yeah it's nothing to nothing to see here right like it's it you know he's maybe a little bit banged up or not totally 100 percent, but he's also not the starting quarterback so they'll give him time to to get back to 100 uh, percent. hopefully by not playing uh, because trey lance is playing well enough for for them to win why do you think they went with Jimmy? Was it, oh, look at that, he's available? Was it, wow, uh, Sudfeld and Purdy ain't going to get it done? Was it, um, you know what, Trey's not where we thought? Some combination thereof. Why do you think ultimately they decided to bring Jimmy back? I, I think he, it was just availability first and foremost. Like, hey, uh, we've won with this guy. He's willing to do it. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that they were surprised that he was willing to do it. I mean, I said for months and wound up wound up being wrong, and maybe Jimmy played. or, or I'm sorry, maybe Jimmy changed his mind in, in the way that he felt about this as other options went away. But I, I thought Jimmy took a tone, and I go back to that last press conference where he essentially said, hey, I, I did this this was uncomfortable for me this year. I don't want to do this, and and so I'm out. Like I'm not I'm not coming back and being in this now. Clearly, he changed, but I think the Niners thought he was ticked off, and maybe he was. He likely was, but cooler heads prevailed, and and his tone changed, and it was like, oh hey, we can, we can get get him to come back, and now because he hadn't been around at all, nobody's questioning whether he would be the starter or anything like that. It's Trey Lance's team; they've been consistent with that. But it it it's a hedge, Whitey. It yeah. is. It's a hedge on Trey Lance. It it is. It's a it's an escape valve. It's an emergency fire extinguisher. Break the glass and and bring him in if there's an injury to Trey. But if Trey just dramatically underperforms, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Jonathan joins us from San Francisco to talk about the 49ers on ninety five seven. The game. How are you, Jonathan? What's up? Hey, uh, good afternoon, guys. Um, I just think that, you know, uh, Jimmy might have done this by design, you know, staying and get, getting uh, surgery on the time that he did it. Because, hey, if I was Jimmy, man, I'd feel the same way. This is my team. 
and knowing what you know about Trey Lance, knowing what you know about you know um, Kyle Shanahan, you know his impatience. This roster is ready to win, and I refuse to believe that the Niners are just gonna you know take a fly like, hey, let's let's wait for this guy to learn, and whatever happens, happens. No, man, you gotta go after it because the window's open with this defense. They got depth now. I mean, dude, you just go for it. And hey, Trey Lance is below average, and they find themselves, you know, maybe two games below 500 at a certain point. I think Jimmy comes in, and I think Jimmy knows that because he knows the roster, he knows the system's complicated. I mean, I think he knows that you know that this guy's not going to get this offense so complicated with all these moving parts right away. I mean, he might be smart, but it, it takes you know a lot of reps. It takes getting used to. He's got accuracy. Um, you know, problems in short yardage. I mean, how, how many times is he going to, you know, bounce the ball to the ground and, and Kyle Shanahan calls a great play, Kyle Usick's wide open for 32, and, 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 you know, Trey Lance, just because of his mechanics off, he bounces off the ground. How many times that has happened? And, and, and you, know, you know, knowing Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't really have patience for those kind of mistakes. And I just think that, hey, if it's Trey Lance, Trey Lance, they, they get, I think I think the formula is going to be about the same, right? Be physical, you know, just punish the team with the running game. Now they got some big backs coming out of the backfield. And, and, and for Trey Lance, if, if I was him, dude, I'd, I'd just try to be average, try to hit those short passes. And, and, and maybe, you know, three, five times a game, you, you, you'd be able to hit the deep passes. But, yeah, I, I think uh, Jimmy did this by design, bro, because knowing what he knows, and I'd do the same thing. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate that. 888-957-9570. Comcast Business Text Line. Coming up next, get the Spider-Man meme ready for the 49ers and the Bears. Next, Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson, 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.